What's up, listeners? On this week's pod, we'll have a beer or two while we discuss Damian Lillard's trade request. We'll give our thoughts on Northwestern football's hazing scandal, followed by some opinions on Vanna White's salary. Lastly, Stumptown, then we out. Let's do it. Oh, like we never left. That, my friends, is the sound of a couple crisp beers being cracked. And this is the sound of your favorite podcast, The Rookie Show. Surprised I got that on the first try. Welcome back, everybody, to The Rookie Show. I am one of your hosts, Travis Knoll. Joining me, as per usual, Mr. 503, a.k.a. Elvistaps Coinzingus. Mm, I like that one. Yeah, that was a creative one. Uh, Elvis Coin, aha, aha, what up, Coin? He's getting a little controlling of what we can post on the pod. Call him Nolna Hill, a what up? No. A little bit canoling. Canoling, yeah. Canole freak. Uh, coin, it's been what, like a month? Like a, a heckin' month? A heckin' month, pretty, dude. Pretty long time. The viewers don't know what time. to do with themselves. They're just stewing in their rooms, pacing back and forth. Like, what do these guys have thoughts on? There's all these college... I mean, if anybody's talking about college football hazing, they want it to be us. Like, if... Noel's out there dry humping freshmen. Like, let's you be can, <laughs> You can bet your ass we were hazing kids left and right as Carroll College Saints. And if they cried about <laughs> it, they're getting hazed some more. You're getting hazed off the team. That's if you're not tough, you know, get off the porch or whatever the, the phrase is. That's exactly what the phrase is. That's I think what you drilled it. it. That's what it is. Uh, Coin, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Feeling great. Um, weather update. It's been lovely here. Just fantastic oh. weather. July yeah. weather? Kidding me? July. Gorgeous. Sun. No rain. Doesn't get better. Yeah, and, uh, and, and our, our fires haven't hit us, us yet, so it's all for you guys, which has been great for us. What are the odds that Chicago's had forest fire smoke more than Portland? That's pretty, that's right. pretty impressive. I don't know. Does Portland Chicago usually get a lot? fire like that since uh, the, the cow tipped over the shit in the barn. Right. That definitely happened. That's exactly how it happened. Yep. I believe they called that mm-hmm. the Chicago fire. Don't know how I they remember did. that. Mm-hmm. Um, Coin, let me, let me ask you this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change things up. And oh. by that, I mean we're going to do things the exact same way. Coin, what are you <laughs> drinking for me this evening? No, I have for you uh, the Ruby Ale from McMenamins. McMenamins, I believe I may have actually had something like this or a different McMenamins beer. It could have also been the same one. I think this beer has been in my golf bag for about a year now. Wow. Um, and then I put it in the freezer for 30 minutes before the pod, <laughs> and it's pretty cold, actually. It worked. Oh. But it tastes a little old. Um, but it is, it's a good beer on its own, but my thing, I like to, when you go to McMenamins, you usually do like, I'll do a half and half. And so you can get, some people get like the Ruby and the Terminator IPA, which is, they call it the Rubinator. I like to do the Rubberhead, which is the Ruby and the Hammerhead. Mm. Um, it's a delicious, delicious little mix of, mix of beer there. It's fine on its own, but the, the Rubberhead mix is chef's kiss. So you're saying they, it's uh, the, the taps, they just pour half into a mm-hmm. pint glass and mix them up. 
Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I've yeah, heard of the lovely. blends before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty state of the art uh, beer drink in there. It is, and there, and it's, it's all pretty like basic food across all these places. They do have some. I'm. I wouldn't say I'm anti tot, but I definitely don't see a menu. I'm like, fuck yeah, they've got tots usually, but um, this place makes some some mean Cajun tots that are actually pretty nice. Ooh, the rest of the food is pretty pretty okay, but the beers are very good. And there's like a okay. hundred and something of them here in Portland, and you can um, you can get this thing called the McMinniman's Passport. So some of them are like hotels. Some have like a spa, like a salt, like bathing pools in them. Some are like wedding venues, but they Jeez. all, and then like the course I went to last year, um, Gearheart on the coast. It's the one that uh, my boss, like our CEO owns. Yeah. Um, overlooking the 18th green is this huge hotel and it's one of the McMenamins. But if you go to all of them, you take your passport, you get it stamped at every single one. You get a free weekend stay at one of their resorts. Dang. So, That's pretty dope. Yeah. Pretty cool. How many do you have to get? Hundreds? It's like 115 or something like that. It's a Sounds lot. like a fun goal, though. Yeah, it would be. I wish you. I would have started it like, you know, it's five too years now. ago when I got You're too here, old. But too old now. Way too old. There's no way I'm getting there. You won't get it. No. Um, but that's what I'm drinking, and it's pretty good. No. What are you Whoa. drinking for me? What do you got? Hold on. Siri's talking to me. Hold on. What's going on? Siri, shut your mouth. I think I I was I was putting my pushing my headphones in, and um, I touched it too much, and then it since it synced to my Mac, it like thought it was asking Siri for something, so it was freaking me out. I apologize. I assume you asked me freak you I'm, out the first time you see it. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you asked me what am I drinking this evening? I did indeed ask that. Yes, coin. This might be a beer that you've had on the pod. Um, it is a, a Portland. Uh, beer, Deschutes Brewery. Nice. I just really liked the name and I liked the can, so you've probably seen it before. But I have for you the King Crispy. Have Ooh. you seen these before? Uh, I don't think I have, before? actually. I like it. I so, have not had it on the pot. I'm positive. I don't know what this guy is. He looks like a toaster, and I don't know. That's a toaster. I guess, it's 100% it's a, toaster a toaster because he makes your yeah, bread no crispy, I guess. Correct. Um, but yep. it is a toaster riding a bicycle, wearing, it looks like mm-hmm. Uggs almost, some sort of boots, and a crown. Yeah. Um, he's got a, he's got a, it's not really a torch. What, what do you call that thing? With the, oh, it is a torch. Uh, I would say like a, a, right. I think it's a, a, scepter. a, like a scepter. Yeah. Scepter. Okay. Yeah. Scepter. One hand on the, on the handlebars. Um, love the colors the part it's like carroll college colors almost you got the purple and the it gold. is it is indeed and king crispy pilsner beer so i uh, really caught my eye on the store i drank five of them uh at the pool the other day and i kept one for the pot nice that a boy mm-hmm. how is it is so it shouts good? to portland beer it's fine it's it's fine i'm not really a pills guy i've, I've come around to realize I'm not it's not really okay. my jam yeah. i will say I, uh, I'm currently in a phase, and we might have talked about this, but I'm in a phase of, of going with Pilsners and straight lagers and kind of wheat beers and just more basic beers than the IPAs. I'm, I'm just like, maybe it's a summer thing, maybe it's the heaviness of the no, IPAs, totally. but that makes a lot of sense. I'm no, definitely, this is the first time in a long time that I feel like I, I, I don't go for the IPAs at the bars. So we'll see if that, if that changes. Mm. Just, no, just I like the move out. in the summer, especially just like like yeah. a lager. Just a nice crisp lager feels a lot right. less filling. You have to kind of hang out in the sun for a bit longer. Bingo. 
Um, so speaking of beers, we've been gone for about a month. We had the Fourth of July happen. Uh, you want to give yeah. me some beers, Coin? Sure do. Uh, we'll start it off. A few weeks ago, we had Nikki's birthday, so as we did it a few years ago as well. We we rented a boat, got a pontoon out on the river in the middle of the city. It actually unfortunately worked out that it was kind of a cloudy overcast day but we did get a few hours of some sunshine in there and just you know no better place than a boat honestly sure. boat beers are pretty fantastic i will of course i was uh i was designated boat driver so i wasn't really throwing them back like i normally would um but it was a good time uh, no complaints everybody had a really good time all around mm. and then i went to uh, another wedding shockingly wow. third wedding. wedding guy yeah yeah big wedding guy uh, this one was in Montana, so I got to go back, hang with a friend of the pod, P. Um, and what, what I hoped would happen is what happened on Friday night. So I got in Friday, went out to dinner, and then met up with a bunch of the guys from the wedding, like at the bar. And then Pilo and his wife were with me. Um, and so I was like, I think if I can get them in the same room, Dylan will just invite them to the wedding. And he did. And so Sick. they came to the reception after, so we all were just hanging out. And it was, a, it was really cool. It's, it is funny going back to, like, small town montana it was in bozeman but it's you know he's from forsyth another class b baller what's up yes, um, class b a lot of class b kids there a lot a lot of humble kids that. oh i uh, love that still made a lot of school burnt down jokes um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but it, it is funny going to you know like a small town wedding and everybody's there in just jeans and like a short sleeve button down i was in i was in a suit and a and a uh collared shirt no tie was easily the most dressed up person at this way like, easily <laughs> wait were you in um, it or you just you just no no no, no, no i was just oh, hanging okay. yeah i was just yeah, hanging out yeah it was nice um but then it, there were some people you know, a lot of people do it kind of montana casual but then there's you know some guys that are younger and they're there and they're in like kind of shitty short sleeve collared shirts and still wearing like trucker hats and stuff like during the yeah. ceremony and all that. I was like, nice, 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 nice. Cool, cool, cool. Little kids running around in mullets, just t-shirts and shorts on. I'm like, all right, cool. That's great. Drinking beers. <laughs> yeah, just drinking beer. I did have the, the my favorite part of <laughs> the, the wedding. There. So this was like one of the more impressive drinking showings I've ever seen at a wedding. Um, wow. So we get there, go up to the bar. There is... The bartenders are like, all right, cool. First 500 alcoholic drinks are all paid for. Um, so there's probably, I would say, 100, 220 people there. Something like that. Sure. Um, at least of drinking age, I would say. Sure. Um, so I before the ceremony, I get two drinks. And then um, right after the ceremony ends, I get my buddy. And I'm like, let's go get up there and make sure we get one of these. And she's, I uh, get up there to the bar. I'm like, sweet, are we still doing the free? She's like, oh, no, those were gone before the ceremony. Those are all done. I was like, wow, okay. Wow, five cool. hunch. Yeah, that quick. Five hunch. Five hunch out. Um, and so I had one more, paid for one more drink. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just do, I'll stick to beer for the rest of the night. We finished six full kegs at this wedding. It's like a thousand beers. What? holy shit you guys are getting after it and there was and people were still paying for liquor and there was wine um the couple of the groomsmen were annihilated (laughs) annihilated uh this is it's not common that i'm not in the top half of most drunk people at a wedding and i would say i was comfortably not in the top half of most oh my goodness not top half that Mm. must have been an absolute shit show it was awesome. It was a good that time. Awesome. Um, 
the dance floor. So it was in a, a barn. It's called Roy's Barn in Bozeman. The dance floor was at the top of this barn. And it's, I mean, it's a barn. So if you go downstairs, I would go downstairs uh, and we would go get beers in between. And you look up and I remember one time I was outside getting a beer and shipping up to Boston came on and all the guys are on the floor and you walk inside and the floor is just like moving like eight inches up and down. And I was like, oh my fucking oh God, my God, this is yes. going to collapse. <laughs> would be kind of awesome. Pretty terrifying, but would have been awesome. It would have been pretty um, sick. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part was there was a little like off to the side cigar smoking area. Um, and I'm not really a huge cigar guy, but I was hanging out over there with a couple of my friends and there was probably three boxes of cigars that people were just kind of picking through. And this older cowboy, like old school Montana looking dude comes over and he's like, Oh, he kind of looked like, um, Sam, um, uh, what's the dude from, you know who I'm talking about, right? No. Jesus Christ. Sam, um, from Big Lebowski, big. Sam, uh, with the mustache, the cowboy, old. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Elliot. Sam Elliot. Sam Elliot, yeah. Sam mm-hmm. Elliot, thank you. He kind of looked like that. Um, okay. Walks over, he's like, all right, who's the cigar man over here? And I was like, that'll be me. And I'm like, I'm. he starts asking which ones are which and if they're Cubans. And I was like, and be honest with you, I was definitely fucking with you. I do not know anything about cigars. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, all right. He's like, I think I know what I'm doing. He's like, when I was over in Nam, my dad would send me over a box of cigars once a month. And I would go to the villages and I would trade a cigar to the, uh, to the leaders for information about where the VC were hiding. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> How many have you killed? <laughs> Essentially, I didn't ask, but I was like, oh my God, this man has killed multiple <laughs> members of the Viet Cong. So yeah. that was a fun part. I was like, this is, this is an interesting mix of uh, people we got going on here. So I was really enjoying myself. Wow, okay. Nice to mingle with some yeah. laid-back country folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, honestly, got a little too drunk most of the weekends here and there. I broke like a streak of probably a year and a half of not puking, and I did it multiple times, unfortunately, culminating uh, in me puking in Nikki's car this last weekend, which sucked ass. Ooh, that's not yeah. good. You broke yeah, yeah, the seal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're, now you're I doing did. it regularly. Ooh. Yeah, I need to rein it back in. need to rein it back in. But uh, other than that, been pretty, been pretty chill. What about you, Noel? What do you got? Good. That sounds like a great month. Uh, yeah, I, I surprisingly haven't had too many uh, fun beer-filled occasions, but the 4th was good. Uh, on the 3rd of July, it was that weird Monday when nobody seemed to be working. So a couple of my coworker buddies and their significant others, and Katie and I just went up to our pool deck at like 2 o'clock and uh, just pounded beers and high noons for like five hours and got wasted and then ordered pizza and sat in the hot tub on the roof while eating our pizza and then went to bed at like nine o'clock because we were wasted so that was great and then uh and then fourth of july sounds like a good day fourth of july we walked over to the there's a beach like probably about a mile from our house and uh played spike ball for a couple hours Uh, with with some folks some of katie's co-workers and stuff so i felt like i uh by the end, I was I was feeling a little better. I'm, I'm aware I'm not like on your level, and and I've got a ways to go. But I was I was happy with my progress over the course Progression? of the afternoon. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, we were trying to play. Man. We were trying to find a spot to play some spike ball on the fourth, and we went to this. We went, walked up to this lake, and uh, hoping there was like be a beachy area, mm-hmm. but it ended up just kind of being rocky, sandy kind of the shit, and it was like six feet wide, so couldn't play. 
we discovered that one of the beaches that I'd never been to was freaking massive, just like a sand beach. Like Chicago has a lot of sand beaches, and the popular one is North Ave, which has all the volleyball courts and stuff, which I thought was big. But in terms of like between the grass and the water, this other beach we went to was just like sand for days. Like you had to walk a long ways through the sand to get to the water. So it wasn't even just like a narrow strip. So anyway, it's a good Damn. beach. Um, they, that weekend they had the NASCAR race in Chicago, which was kind of funny because everyone here was so mad. Not one Chicagoan was like excited about it. Everyone was pissed off about them shutting down the city and the traffic. Nobody was actually going to go. Like anyone that was going to the race was not from Chicago. Um, and then of course it dumped rain all weekend and like everything got canceled. All the, uh, concerts got canceled that said i actually ended up watching because they actually put on the race on sunday like a couple hours late and it was, it was a good race like not that i'm know much about nascar but i think they still this like everything went wrong and they still felt like it was kind of a success so well, that was kind of a cool thing we walked down there just to see um kind of cool concept but that was a, an experience. I did see something something on Twitter about how it was the worst traffic Chicago has seen in like twenty something years. About how I could see it. Yeah, I mean, we down. just purposely didn't drive anywhere, so like I didn't experience it. But even like the days leading up when they were shutting down some streets to set it up, it was pretty horrendous. So, um, and then lastly, uh, two year anniversary yesterday for Katie and I. So uh, Congrats, man. we we took turns taking each other out for dinner on. Saturday, she took me out to this place we've been wanting to go called Chicago Pizza and Oven Grinder, which is like this old, old bar that has um, their specialty is these pizza pot pies, which um, mm, they were pie. really interesting. They The sauce was more of a meat sauce than just a tomato sauce. So it sort of ended up tasting like lasagna, but without noodles. Instead, it was like pizza crust, which was kind of good. Not something I would like go go seek necessarily, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, and they had really good prices on drinks, like the best prices on drinks I've seen. Like Katie, so the uh, I got an old fashioned. I think it was like nine dollars. Like if you get an old fashioned for less than like fourteen dollars in Chicago, you're kicking ass. That's good. That's a great price. And then nine Katie bucks. got a glass of wine, and the glass of wine was ten bucks. And I'm like, well, why is the wine so expensive? The guy literally poured it to the rim. He was like half of a bottle of wine. I'm like, oh, fuck. And then we bought a bottle of wine, and it was $23. And we drank half of it, and they let us take the rest home. So Holy yeah. shit. This place Good kicks ass. on drinks. I know. I know. Uh, it was probably like barely more than they got it for at the store. So <clears throat> uh, That place was cool. Then last night, we went a little fancier. This is a place I was telling you about called Armitage Ale House, which is like really hard to get reservations for. I did get one like last minute. I was on like the wait list. So we did, I had an old fashioned, Katie had some red wine as, as usual. We started off with some, as you mentioned, non bread and some chicken tikka masala. It was fucking awesome. The non was like unreal, just perfect, soft, good melt non. in your mouth. Not much hit oh. like good, hits like Dude. good non. It was the best part of the meal for sure. Uh, and then for our, we kind of split two entrees. They had a Wagyu cheeseburger, which we had to try because they, they claimed to have one of the best burgers in the city. I would say it was very, very, very good, but not top four, not top five probably in the burger. It's also like not that big. Like a lot of times, if you're going to spend $27 on a burger or whatever it is, like to, to be big, it was like a few bites. You could tell like the meat was really good, but didn't blow me away. The other one was a spiced lamb bone marrow pot pie 
and it was pretty fucking great. Really good. I don't know what bone marrow tastes like. I guess it just kind of makes it a little richer. I was going to say, they had, like, the bone. bone marrow is really buttery. Buttery. Okay. That makes sense. Um, mm. But they like literally like stick the bone into the pot pie and then cook it that way. And then they like pull it out and the bone marrow's in there. So um, it was a fun, one of the best meals I've had in Chicago for sure. And then uh, dessert was a sticky date cake, which is something I would never order. But all the reviews said it was really good. And it was really good. I don't know. Really? They like boil down some dates and then there's like brown sugar and like toffee and caramel and shit. And it turns it into mm. this like spongy cake. And then they throw some like caramel ice cream on top and like drizzle it with shit. And whoo, whoo. It was good. It was good. Typically I'm, I'm left okay. wanting more from fancy restaurant desserts. I'd rather just have like a blizzard or something. Um, but it was worth it, I would say. So. Mm. That so that's good. my beer. I was hoping for also, a full food recap from that. that was yeah, nice. yeah. I'd say the the naan with the tikka masala was the best part. Uh, second place goes pot pie. Yeah, actually, maybe second place might even go sticky date cake and then pot pie and then Ooh. the burger. Burger was very good, and we're big burger people, but we got high standards. So I appreciate that. I like to know that. So th- that's what I was wondering when you get those wagyu because it's, it's probably only what four to six ounces, maybe six tops. Yeah, probably. Yeah, four to six, I would say. It's it's not a lot. I mean, it, it melts in your mouth. Like, I, people use that phrase a lot for food, but, like, it literally does. Like, it's almost, and not like a tartare, but just, like, it's just so tender. Um, that part of it was great, but I just didn't feel like, I'm sure they wanted to accentuate that aspect of it, so they didn't want to load it up with other stuff, but it was just kind of basic other than that and kind of small. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. It just didn't blow me away. Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't really know if I've had Wagyu, to be honest with you. I, I don't really know if or how much I've had it before, and it's not like I seek it out. It was the only burger on the menu, and everyone said, oh, the burger's great. So it's not like I saw Wagyu, and I was like, oh, we got to have that. Um, like, if we go to a steakhouse, um, I, I usually don't get it because it's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too expensive. I'll get yeah. the like $40 ribeye instead of the $70 yeah. wagyu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And ribeyes are great. That's why. You're like, yeah. I know what I'm getting. Yeah. That's fine. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. That has been our beers for the week. The beers for the week. Month. Um, we actually didn't miss too many sports. Probably one of the reasons why uh, we haven't potted. Um, but... Yeah. Some last time we potted was mid finals. So since we've potted last, Denver Nuggets won the finals. Shouts. Um, but biggest Shouts. news, at least locally to you, is the Portland Trail Blazers got the third pick in the draft, took a guy named Scoot Henderson, and now oh, yeah. Dame Lillard asking out. So I open the floor to you, Cohen, resident Mr. 503 himself, Portland man mm. through and through. Give me your thoughts. Sure, sure. And give me, give me some stats. Give me, give me what you got on, uh, on Dame and the NBA. All righty. Um, so what I would say is, first off, that watching, watching the draft lottery was fucking awesome. I mm. haven't really been in that many positions where I'm just waiting, you know, watching. And when the Zers did not get called for the sixth pick, I just stood up and yelled, like, fuck yes. And so you're just waiting each pick after you're like, no fucking way, because you know you're in the top four at that point. And then we don't get called for, and I, I was literally thinking, I was like, oh my fucking God, we're going to get Wembenyama. This is unbelievable. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. 
I thought we were getting one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we end up with three. And so, you know, there's a chance. And I was initially thinking, I was like, you know, it's not great. And it doesn't really fit the timeline. But Miller is a good player. And he would fit a lot of the holes that the Blazers have always needed. We need a big wing who can shoot. Um, he's probably not quite developed for defense yet, but I was okay with it. I would have rather traded the pick. Most of all, I was thinking this is an awesome trade piece. Like we can go get Zion. We can go get whatever. We don't do it. But then the Hornets end up not taking Scoot. They take Miller. And people are losing their minds because Scoot is that awesome of a prospect that it just seems kind of insane not to take him. And at the time, I definitely, you know, it's there's something about going to a game and when you have it's a bird in the hand two in the bush kind of thing you know what I mean it's we know what Dame is like Dame is a superstar he is he's a show unto himself when you go to a game a Blazers game Dame is going to put on for you and it's going to be 35 points you're going to get 45 points you're going to you know he's going to go nuclear at some point and I don't know if you're ever drafting a player that's going to do that like there's no way you could know that that's going to happen again no um but that being said, like Scoot does check a lot of those boxes, and when the team didn't make that move, it seemed kind of inevitable that we were going to trade Dame. It's just the shitty thing is, is that he's you know after after signing this four year extension last year and us giving him essentially sixty million dollars a year for the last two years of this deal and him saying he wants to be here and stuff, he's just forcing his way out and just kind of you know you got to do everybody's you know to do right by Dame. Fuck that. Yeah, Fuck that. You got to get as much as you could possibly get yeah. out of Dame. Any contender would be lucky. And the worst part is, is that the team that he wants to go to, Miami, has just dog shit to offer. Nothing. Yeah. I don't yeah, want nothing. any of the pieces they're trying to give us. Yeah. It would have been a great trade team had Miami not made the fucking finals this year, and I would have flipped three for Bam, no question. That would have been totally fine with me. But that's not happening now. They got their sights set a little too high now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... So I understand where it's coming from, and I kind of went through, and I was looking at superstar trade requests over the last, you know, the, some of the biggest ones in NBA history. So obviously 70s, 60s, 70s, we've got Wilton Kareem actually both requested and forced trades, both to the Lakers. Early days of the league, so not really going to touch on those ones that much. Like, it made sense, and I think the returns were, like, pretty okay. Uh, one of the bigger ones of the earlier 21st century was Vince Carter. Played for the Raptors six seasons, then forced his way out. Raptors were kind of shitty in his last year. But they actually had drafted Chris Bosh um, two years before uh, Vince requested his way out and recovered mm. fairly quickly. So after Vince left in 04, they won 33 games, then 27, and then finally over 500 near three. Okay. Mello, forcing his way out of uh, Denver in 2011, they won 50, 54, 53, and 50 games in the four years before he left. And actually, in the lockout season, still went 38 and 28 after he left. Dang. And then we're also an over 51 team the next year. Uh, Chris Paul, four years for the Hornets um, and slash Pelicans to break 500 after he left. Paul George and the Pacers were actually fine the next year because they got a decent haul back from the Thunder. They got Oladipo. They had some pieces that were really moving. Oladipo and Sabonis were really good for them. Kyrie Irving, obviously forcing his way out of Cleveland. He's a fucking idiot. And that team was still really good and made the finals both times. And that the team after he left the first year was actually really good and the two years after was really really good um Kawhi Leonard left the Spurs in 2018-19 and they were over 500 obviously because they've got pop uh since then have won 32 33 34 and 22 games and then James Harden 
Uh, Rockets have been the worst team in the league since he left, winning 17, 20, and 22 games over the last three years. 59 and 177. They've won 25% of their games. That ain't good. That's tough. And honestly, this one kind of feels the most comparable to Dame leaving. It's, he's the lifeblood of the organization, uh, most beloved player since the pre-2000s title teams, and it just it hurts. It's kind of, he's everything to this team. Um, but essentially what I'm getting at is the, where the team timeline is. So the best two players on the Blazers now are 19 and 20 years old. Mm. Even Anthony, if you want to include him, he just, I wouldn't, he just turned 24. I think the best plan moving forward would be to trade him. Okay. The youngest best players in a finals and win are Giannis in 21, he's 26, Steph in 2015, even though he really needed his teammates and didn't even win the NBA finals, uh, finals MVP that year at 27. Kawhi is iffy at best because he was on a pretty loaded Spurs team, coached obviously by Pop, and he was 23 at the time. Mm-hmm. And then D Wade would probably be what you're hoping for is he was 24 in 2006, but the Heat also traded for Shaq that year, and he had a pretty set up team around him to really succeed, and they were getting a lot of help throughout the finals. So what I'm getting at is after yeah. trading Dame, I mean, even if you don't think that Dame could be the number one guy on a winning team, you're still relevant and you're in basically every game. At best, we're now four years away from competing like competing for anything meaningful or meaningful and more than likely like six to seven years. That's a long time to set you back. That is true. It's a good point. Yeah, It's hard. It's hard to overstate what having a player like Dame means to a small market team and just being able to at least be out there. Uh, what it feels like to have a guy who can go toe to toe scoring with just anybody on any given night. And especially how good he is in the fourth quarter. And when you're like, no matter what, like there is still maybe a chance Dame hits four straight threes in our next four trips down the floor, and we're still in this game somehow. All that to say, making a trade to appease Dame is fucking bullshit, um, and he's happily taking the money here, and there's no way we should just appease him and trade him for peanuts because doing right by your superstar essentially maybe gets you free agents in the future. That's fucking nonsense. They're not coming here. It's just never going to happen. We're going to have to get guys like Jeremy Grant to sign here. And that's the best we're going to do and hope through the draft we can get somebody. (laughs) Yeah. For a lot. So that's my piece on Dave. So let me, so to clarify, uh, assuming let's assume if, and when they do trade him, they get a decent return. Uh, you're never going to get exactly back what you're losing when you're trading a superstar player. No. Let's say they get a better return than the stupid Miami picks, whatever. Do you think they should trade Dame? Or do you want, maybe not should they, but do you want them to? Or you're saying that it bums you out that they're not going to be necessarily competitive for five years? It does bum me out, but I do kind of think that the best best move forward is probably to trade Dame. what I would really like is a team to trade into a team like the Spurs or it. I don't understand if you're the Thunder, why not just throw, you have a trillion picks in the next five years. Why wouldn't you want to put Dame next to Shea? Like, why is that not an awesome place for him? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. They, I mean, yeah, at some point they have so many good young players that like at some point you're going to be good. So you might as well go try to be good. And, and what other like what superstar would you want around your young players other than Dame? You know what I mean? Right. I mean it worked. They had Chris Paul for a few years, and that worked wonders. Like that was great with with Shea. He was great for Shea. Yeah, Mike exactly. Shea and he and Chris Paul actually flourished there. Um, it's funny you bring up OKC because my semi counter to the whole 
we won't win a championship for five years, but isn't there a pretty decent scenario with Scoot in the mix and whatever you get in young players and picks from Dame that you guys could become an OKC-esque team that is fun to watch, can be fringe playoff team. They're going to upset somebody in the first round, and maybe that's as far as they get, but you're going to leave the season feeling like that was fun. You have lower expectations. It's not like... Because for Dame, it's ring or bust for him. I'm not saying it's that for Portland. That's true. Um, so I think there's a way to spin it and, and rephrase it because too often people say... You know, if we didn't win the championship, the season was a failure. But, like, I, I don't think that at all. I mean, there were some teams in the recent past. I can think of, like, the Clippers before Paul George and Kawhi got there had the season with, like, Lou Williams and them. That was real fun. And Tobias Harris. And they, like, made a run in, at the, in the first round. And there's some teams that are fun young teams that you don't have to put the pressure on. And you know you got a guy like Scoot that in 10 years hopefully is winning titles. But you don't have to put that pressure on him yet. So... Yeah, you're not you're not wrong at all, and I won't. There's definitely not. I I am excited to watch like a fun young team, and it is cool, and it will be cool to kind of like be here during the formation of whatever this is. And that being said, I will probably be getting some kind of scoot something, and I think I will be. I would I would like to be at the very first game of uh, this coming season because I think we're in for basically a year long uh, scoot and shade and dunk fest. It's just going to be them yamming hard as fuck on everybody. Those guys are freak athletes. Freaks. Isn't it funny that the Scoot over, the Brandon Miller over Scoot thing, like, isn't there, like, one big lesson in NBA history of, like, if there's a generational guard talent and you have a chance to get him, but your reasoning is, A, we already have a, a good point guard, so we don't want to draft to have two point guards, and B... I guess that was the main thing. What was I? Where was I going for that? Uh, I don't know. Just oh, just that we need a big man. So those are kind of the same things, right? People think you need a big man, and you know, in the NBA, that those are terrible reasons not to take him. It was like Sam Bowie over yeah. Michael Jordan. It was Greg Oden over Kevin Durant. It was like this is, and then even going to like teams that passed up on Steph Curry, right? There was teams that oh, we already have a point guard. We don't need Steph Curry. This has happened so many times in NBA history, and like this is one of those times when. Hopefully Brandon Miller's good, and hopefully hopefully Charlotte's good. But like, I remember like a year ago, hearing Scoot and Wembenyama, right? Like these have been the two guys for like almost yeah. a year. Everyone's talking about these two guys are going to be the top two picks, and then you get Brandon Miller who has a great run on a team that was number one ranked in the country in Alabama, and he kind of like sneaks his way in, and people talk themselves into him. Like, what are we doing? Like. I, yeah, it it blows my mind that teams are that dumb, and I don't know if Michael Jordan had his fingerprints on that or what, but man, I just that seems like a, a terrible decision. And then I, they I totally Lamello agree. And it's two hundred sixty million. So yeah, and I totally and it's kind of like people have been watching the NFL too much. Where it is more of a draft for need league. Obviously, you can take best player available in a lot of spots, but in most cases, if you need a core, if you don't need a quarterback, you're not taking a quarterback in the top. The NBA is take the best player, just take him. Yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> Pretty stupid. So and you're t- like, Scoot and Lamelo couldn't play next to each other for what reason? Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lamelo is six seven. He's fine, and he likes to pass. And like they yeah. both like to pass. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Stupid. Hopefully it works out for Portland. Um, yeah. Did I have any other thoughts? That was really it. 
Oh, I just wanted to say that uh, I, w- I would like to see him go to Philly. I don't know how your thoughts are on that. If there was I'm a down. Harden for Dame trade, I would like to. Not yeah. Harden to Portland, but uh, Dame and Embiid would be fun, I think. I think that there's actually some pretty decent three-team scenarios kind of going on. Maybe four-team, whatever it, whatever it would be, where we're getting back a lot of young, fun pieces that uh, I kinda, I'm kind of into. Okay, fair enough. But you, is there a, is there a number one team you want him to see, to see him on? Okay, see. Mm, Sixers would be pretty awesome. I'd be pretty happy to see him with, with Embiid. Okay. Okay. Any other NBA thoughts or Dame thoughts? No, that is all. Okay. R.I.P. R.I.P. City. Oh, sad. Sort of. Rip. Yeah. There's something Rip there. Okay, uh, Coin. Next segment here. Uh, in the news recently. Yes. Coach Pat Fitzgerald of Northwestern Wildcats fired yep. after a 17-year head coaching gig there uh, to what many people thought was a successful career. They were one in eleven last year, but. Uh, apparently people think he's good. So, um, you haven't read too much on this, I suppose. No, okay, good. Nothing. I'm going to fill you in. I don't know, listeners, if you guys are really in tune with these articles about the hazing, but here's what happened. Apparently, some player, ex-player came out and said how the hazing culture is really bad at Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern hired an investigator to do a big investigation on it over six months, investigation came out and they just kind of said yeah there was some hazing but they didn't release the findings so the president suspended the coach for two weeks uh, in the summer and that was it that was going to be the end of it well then the student newspaper for Northwestern went and said like fuck this and they went and interviewed all the players that got investigated and released an article and then that article came out with all this evidence of all this hazing and shit and then like literally within another week the coach was totally fired So, kind of a wild sequence of events. I'm going to read you a few paragraphs from, uh, just for context of what kind of hazing we're talking about. Uh, We can go from there. All right. So, much of the team's hazing centered around a practice called running, which was used to punish team members, primarily freshmen, for mistakes made on the field in practice. If a player was selected for running, they would be restrained by a group of 8 to 10 upperclassmen dressed in various purge-like masks who would begin dry-humping the victim in a dark locker room. Sounds like really weird shit. I don't, you know, I've seen some hazing, what the I feel like. Fuck? But like, yeah. okay. And we continue. <clears throat> the Daily obtained images of whiteboards labeled Runs Giving and Shrek's List, containing a list of names indicating players that the player said needed to be ran. So they're literally posting this on the whiteboards in the locker room, right? So keep that in mind. Um, team members allegedly identified players for running by clapping their hands above their heads around that player. This was known as the Shrek clap. I don't know why they call it Shrek. They don't go into that really. No. Um, according to a player, uh, Coach Fitzgerald repeatedly made that signal during practices when players, specifically freshmen, made a mistake. The players believed that uh, Fitzgerald making these signals was knowingly encouraging the hazing to continue. And the quote from the kid is, everyone would just be looking at each other like, bro, Fitz knows about this. Because you wouldn't take that action otherwise. Everyone joins in because he's the head coach. So that's not a good look for Mr. Coach Fitzgerald. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to running, they said they witnessed hazing traditions where freshmen were forced to... This is Some of these are kind of funny, I gotta admit. Forced to strip naked and perform various acts, including bear crawling and slingshotting themselves across the floor with exercise bands. 
I don't know how that works. Those things don't <laughs> don't have enough power to launch people across. The no. Floor. no, 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 no. So I have to see that one. Um, and then how about this one? In a once a year tradition dubbed the car wash, <laughs> some players would stand naked at the entrance to the showers and spin around, I guess akin to the things at the car wash, and force the freshmen to enter the showers and basically rub up against the people that were spinning around. And then they would spray them with a hose once they got into the shower. <laughs> so kind of that one is kind of funny, got to admit. Um, yeah. And then lastly, um, they were forced to participate in what he called a naked center quarterback exchange, wherein a freshman quarterback was forced to take an under center snap from a freshman center while both players were naked. Which is kind of funny, too. Um, I acknowledge this is like sexual assault, but kind of funny. (laughs) All right. So that was the the quotes I wanted to pull from the the thing. Obviously, the running thing, like, what the hell? man like at least <laughs> i can see that <laughs> i can see the humor in a couple of the other ones but like just wearing masks and humping dudes like what are you doing <laughs> that's fucking weird and they made it sound like this was like a tradition this is something going way back so um it's just how we do it here you just don't okay. get it <laughs> well you and i were trying to figure out there was definitely something before we got to carol that they would do i think it was called the roundup or something and i think yeah. it was thanksgiving they would do the cowboy and then like all the freshmen would get released into the locker room and then the upperclassmen would come in, but they wouldn't like do, I don't think it was like sexual stuff, but they would like tie them up and like whip them with towels and stuff and just fuck with yeah. them. Right. I don't know that it ever happened. When Something we were there, like that. Yeah. I'm pretty I don't sure think it happened to us. our freshman year, I remember the coaches like going to the upperclassmen and being like, no doing this. Like we're not doing that anymore. So in other words, our coaches definitely knew that that shit was going on in previous years. That's, that's a point I'd like to make. And, you know, they probably were just like, yeah, whatever, it's hazing. And they were probably wised up, and this was 10 years ago now, that they were like, yeah, we got to stop doing this. Um, I'm, I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that Northwestern's coach knew all about this shit. This dude Definitely. literally was part of the coaching staff since 2001. So he's been around for oh. over 20 years, and he played for Northwestern for four years in the 90s. This dude knows exactly what this fuck... If this is like a tradition, they're writing it on the whiteboard. They're fuck. He's doing the clap. They're doing the clap. Like, he fucking knows. So, like, there's, there's so many people coming out saying, Pat Fitzgerald is the greatest guy known to man. Pat Fitzgerald, I know his character. He would never allow this shit. That all may be true. I'm not saying he's not a good guy. And I'm... And I'm not condoning him allowing this shit, but he definitely knew, and he definitely fucked up, and he definitely should have said something, and I actually think he deserves to be fired. That's my... I, somebody has to be this... Like, at some point, there's going to be someone made an example of, because this type of shit probably happens everywhere. Maybe not the running yeah. part. And while some of it, you could argue, is like, it's hazing, it's part of college football, it's just, eventually, it's not going to fly, and it's not... It's not... Especially some of the sexual things is fucked up. So... I, I personally think that he deserves it, and he definitely knew about it. So that's my that's my biggest takeaway. Uh, not only do I think he definitely knew about it, I mean, there's a very non-zero and possible chance that he was the one that either started it or yeah. participated in it in some way when he was a member of the football team. I mean, obviously, you can't always just be like, "Well, it was different back then." Yeah, it was. It was kind of just different back in the day, and hazing mm-hmm. was a lot more of a thing in the '90s, early 2000s, whatever it was. And I don't know, it wasn't really that big of a deal, big of a thing when I was a freshman in high school or even in high school whatsoever. And hazing is not really my jam, anyways. Like I would fuck with people as much as the next person, but I'm also not 
you know, like tying kids up and whipping them with shit. It's not really what I think is funny. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, it goes along with like some of the humor in some of the movies that like old movies that even like 10 years ago, five years ago, where you're like, whoa, that's like not funny anymore. It's kind of fucked up. And, but it was funny then. And most people didn't care. doesn't mean it was right. But like, to some extent you can excuse the behavior of, of people before it was widely accepted that it was a terrible thing. So I, 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 I'm not saying I'm not by any means saying Pat Fitzgerald's a bad dude, but probably got to go. It's my take. No, I'm on, I'm on the complete same, same side as you on this. Like with, especially this feels gross to say, but I mean, especially now, like be, you have to be smarter than that. That's really stupid. Yeah. What is this not going to get out in any way? And especially, I mean, we've times that, like we were just saying back then, it was acceptable. We know it's not now, though. It's not. You right. can't just like plead ignorance to all of this anymore. It's it's pretty obvious what does and does not fly, and what is okay. So, and oh by the way, gotta go. Every single person in that locker room now has cell phones and videos all the time, and like information gets yeah. out everywhere. Like maybe twenty years ago, you yeah. could have covered it up, but so that's my thought. Oh, and then like there was also a bunch of stuff about them, the coaching staff being racist too. So that's like a whole nother thing, but. He probably had to go. It was a pretty white team, Northwestern. A lot of white dudes. Yeah. So I could see I it. Say. Yeah. I could see it. Okay. Less shocking things you've told me, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Northwestern kids being racist, yeah. Okay, speaking of white. Yeah. Nice. Great transition. More news. Yeah, great transition. I didn't even mean to do that. Vanna White. We're talking Wheel of Fortune. I believe this is your favorite game show. My least... I. I the worst show on TV, actually. Oh, good. Okay, I think it I is maybe the worst show ever made. It's yeah. terrible. Probably uh, Pat and Vanna are part of the reason that it's it's terrible. They're they're not fun. Yeah. I don't like them at all. Pat's a little Pat sli- is boring as out. fuck. Yeah, oh sucks. my god, sucks. Pat sucks. So Wheel of Fortune in the news. Uh, Pat Sajak retiring. He's going off into the sunset after sixty years or some shit. Um, his co-host is what they call her. I don't know how you consider that a co-host. Ridiculous. I, you know, Ridiculous. I don't know. She's a, she's a letters girl. She's, she's certainly there. She's, she's around. She's there every day. <laughs> uh, so she wants to stick around. So she's renegotiating. Uh, did you see that Ryan Seacrest is the replacement? For her? No, no, for him. We could have oh, gotten shit. to that later. But that is official. So we're, we're going to name replacements, but it's already been decided. Wait, he's he's out out. He's out out. Yeah, say Jack is oh, out. Nice. He, by his own. I was worried about your. I was worried about your say like. Yeah, he died. So. <laughs> yeah, say Jack. Oh right. Boop boop. Dead. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So Vanna White, uh, she's in the news because she has That's not. Good the, the headline. The headline is, she has not gotten a raise in eighteen years. So of course people just see that headline and they go, ah. Oh. What a travesty. Vanna White is being suppressed by the men. So we're going to dig into that a little bit. Um, I was going to lay out some facts for you, Coin, if you don't mind. Okay. I've got some facts, too, so I'm excited. Okay. We'll see if our facts overlap. So I was just going to give sort of a timeline and some, and some statistics here. So Vanna White got this gig 1982. You may have had that as well. So what is that? 41 years she's been doing this gig. Um, I don't know what she made initially. Do you know her initial salary? I couldn't no, find that. No. All I can tell that. is this hasn't had a raise in 18 years. Well, allegedly she makes $3 million a year right now, which means she was making $3 million a year in 2005. Um, so, which is a lot. That's a, a lot, lot of money. 
a lot of money. Now, Sajak makes 15, apparently. So I get, it's a pretty big discrepancy, but Sajak also does things on the show. Would say <laughs> he does he's more than walk and more touch than walk and, and smile. Yeah. Um, so she's made well over $50 million flipping over numbers on uh, Wheel of Fortune. 50 million. Well over. I'd say probably closer to 75. Oh, by the way, Coin, you may have seen this as well. Yes. Are you aware of Vanna White's work schedule? Yep. Okay. The listeners don't well, know. Well, go on. Say it anyway. Sorry. But go no, I'm, no, no, I'm going to. I'm just saying the listeners don't know. Vanna White has to work four six-hour days a month for nine months. In other yeah. words, Vanna White works 36 days out of the year. You yep. concur on these numbers? Yep. But by my math, she makes over 13 grand an hour. 13 yep. grand, it's like 13.8 an hour. Just think about that for a second. Uh, and oh, by the way, she's making 10 million a year for Vegas Wait, casinos. No, no, this is an addition to her salary. Oh, okay. So all the Vegas casinos that have Wheel of Fortune on them, and they have Pat and Vanna on the on the as the voices and things like that, she makes ten million a year from those casino machines. Ten million a year just to use her voices and likeness and image and stuff. She has to like wait. What, maybe, what, does she talk? Apparently, I I guess I don't know. I don't know. That's what that's what I'm told. That's what I'm reading. So that's not what? even her salary. I just wanted to throw that in there. An extra ten million a year. Um. What else you got for me uh, before we dive into our, our, our viewpoints here? Did you have any other numbers? I do, in fact, have some numbers for you. Um, so I'm glad, that, I'm glad that you got, so it was six hours, six hours a day. So I was guessing at six to 10 hours of work per day, max. They said uh, um, noon, noon to six is the typical recording, and they would get like however many episodes in in that time. So. Perfect. Um, my one Vanna fact is that she is recognized, I don't know if you saw this, by the Guinness Book of World Records no. for most frequent clapper. As of January 31st, 2013, Whoa. she had clapped an estimated 3,480,864 times, or 606 claps, across 5,744 episodes of The Wheel. That According is to... According to IMDb, White has now been on 7,740 episodes of The Wheel. So based on the earlier stat, she has clapped an estimated 4.69 million times on the show. And adjusted the math, she is paid 23.57 per clap. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's the number we were looking for right there. Wait, you said 600 yeah. claps per show? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of claps. Holy well, she shit. does this. She does this like the whole time the wheel's spinning, and then and then when they say the answer, she goes, nods her head a bunch and walks over, and then right when she flips it, she claps again. Twenty four bucks a clap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sign yeah. me up. Okay. What else? Jason Garrett losing his mind at that. <laughs> Jason Garrett. Ooh. Oh gosh, it just gave me an idea for replacements. But okay. Um, Ooh, fuck. That would have been a good one. Do you have anything else? Jerry and Jason? No, that's it. <laughs> Jerry. I, everything okay. else you had, I had. Okay, so we were also going to talk... I didn't really uh, go too in-depth on our next parts. We are going to talk Wheel of Fortune role versus other women game show roles. Um, sort of? I was going to say... Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that one. 
Oh, okay. Shit, I don't know. No, you, you, I do remember you saying that. I didn't. Oh, I didn't that was kind of hard. That was kind of hard. But the only the only thing I had was deal or no deal, right? That's the other one. Right. So I read. This was based on a uh, Meghan Markle interview because she was an ex deal or no deal girl. I did not know that. Um, she was complaining because they only paid her eight hundred dollars an episode. And you go eight hundred. Okay, that's not that much. But they filmed seven episodes a day, so they were making like twenty five grand a week supposedly, which comes out to, if you work full-time, of course, like $1.5 million a year. So you can make a lot of money as a deal or no deal girl. Now that said, Damn. they would have to work full-time, 40 hours a week, to make half of what Vanna White makes, who works 36 days out of the year. So it's, a, it's an incredibly massive, massive uh, disparity. Now a deal or no deal has to pay, how many of them are there? 30? 20, uh, I was going to say 100. No, oh, jeez. No. 60? 50. 30. 50 at least. No way. We're going to have to yeah. Google it. All right, Google okay. time. Wait, give me over under. I'll bet you, I'll give you over under 40. Under for sure, way under. All right, I'll put 10 bucks on over. You're in. You're on. It's 26. What? That can't nice be right. Try. You fucking idiot. Well, damn it. Twenty six female models. So unless they're holding two cases each, I don't. I don't think that's the case. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's only twenty something. You can look it up if you want. Yeah, twenty six case. Idiot. Fuck. All right. Ten bucks. Well, you, ten bucks. you can buy me a beer. Okay. Um, so that was my only. Uh, my only other. Uh, notes Ooh, oh, here I haven't thought of Meghan Markle. Questions. She's on. I started watching Suits. On Netflix, mm. have, you, have you seen it? You know what it is. I've heard of it. I've seen a couple episodes, but is it good? Okay, it's not bad. It's not bad. Okay. Um, she is the the love interest of the of the main guy in Suits, and uh, you do see a sex scene with her. It's pretty cool. <laughs> she is. Uh, that is where she got famous. I think. Right. That's yep. that's how she mm-hmm. got her big break. Okay. Um, only thing that I have is potential replacements for Pat and Vanna. Were there any other notes yep, before we that. do that? Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I was uh, oh, okay. Go uh, ahead. You had one on how much? How much would it cost for you to do the job? Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, so, how much would it take for us to do Vanna's job? Uh, do you have a number in mind? I gotta think. I, I did. I, I do. Okay. All right. Give me your number, and then I'll think about it. Or, or give me. I said so. Six episodes a day. I said I would do the job for ten k a day. You are. You do have to understand. You're gonna be famous now, and people are gonna be watching you. You can't really just fuck around and go do whatever the fuck you want anymore. So 350k a year. I'd probably do it for less. Probably half that. 350k a year. Yeah. 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 I think I'm going I'm probably taking the under there. I'd probably go down to quarter mil. I'd probably go quarter mil. But then you got to figure cuz I would not just live there. I would just fly in for fly into film and then fly back out probably, right? You could do that. Right. Or I think you do a, probably a week's worth in a or whatever like you'd work for I a do. week yeah, yeah, yeah for four yeah. days in a row right isn't that what they said four days a month so yeah. you fly in for four days every month piece of cake so yeah uh and she's doing tight. it for a little bit more than that she's doing it for 10 yeah. times i was gonna want. say i said vanna is a pro and recognizable i actually said one million a year is actually kind of reasonable for vanna for sure yeah, i i don't i don't hate it i don't think 15 million making, a year is unreasonable it is not, whatever she wanted to get paid whatever Sajak was making. That's insane. Here's an, here's another thing. Um, most of the time, they put women on these shows 
because they're good looking. Vanna White is 66 years old. She's too heckin' old. Good looking for a 66-year-old, but come on, lady. They're not, they're not tuning in because of your acumen at flipping, them, flipping letters. You are mm. replaceable. There's like other like headlines saying, like, Vanna White is mad because she thinks that the NBC executives think she's replaceable. I'm like, yeah, she is. Yeah, they do. You know what? So is Pat Sajak. Like, what are we talking about? You, you ain't, you ain't um, our boy, Alex. No. So, R.I.P. Exactly. R.I.P. Alex. Okay, you want to give right. our uh, potential replacements for? Uh, yep. Assuming Seacrest did not get the gig, here's our suggestion. So. Yep. You can you go. Want to go back and forth? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so I kind of just went with like blonde models off the top, mm. with some relative yeah. fame. Off the off the bat, I went Rosie Huntington Whiteley. She me. ended up being the one that replaced Megan Fox in Transformers in like Transformers uh, yeah. 2 or 3 and sure, is married sure. to Jason Statham. So oh. I said that they could do it together. Oh, Statham. I like the idea of a British a British uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And Bald. Statham and Rosie. And Bald, obviously. Yeah. Representation matters. Okay. I do like that. Um, I decided to go with really dumb answers. So here's mine. Good. Um, I'm going to go with Sam Richardson. The guy from I Think You Should Leave. Yep. And that's chunky. The Metalloid Maniac. <laughs> Did you watch that one yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the game show. Pretty right? weird one. Yeah. The, uh, yeah where yeah. the guy's crawling around on the board that he built. He built it. That he built. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what I noticed? I rewatched that uh, episode. Do you know what Sam Richardson's host's name is in that? Mm-mm. Danny Green. Oh. Shouts Danny Green. Hell yeah. We once bet on him to, to make over one and a half uh, threes in the finals, and he pulled through for us. My boy Danny. Uh, Love Danny. Yeah, so I was between Danny Green and the Metalloid Maniac or Dan Vega and Chunky. Those were, those were my Ooh. combined first option. I like that. Yeah. That leads perfectly, and I've actually got a combined second option, but it's three. Great. Fantastic. Let me hear it. If they wanted to go athlete route, Ooh. So, off the top, could have been Giselle and Tom. Obviously not really an option anymore, which is a bummer. Would have, would have been solid. People would have tuned into that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, D-Wade and Gabrielle Union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seems logical. Yeah. It's actually a really good pick. Really good pick. D-Wade already hosts a show. Exactly. And then, super hot model, blonde, giant knockers. Kate Upton and Justin Verlander mm. be the. I like all the reasons you gave for Upton, but is uh, <laughs> does Verlander have any personality? Is this guy actually going to be a good TV show host? He is tall, which people <laughs> seem to like. <laughs> I trust him. I trust him because. He's <laughs> yeah. Uh, who was I just thinking? Because you. I uh, mentioned it and then it just lost. It just fluttered out of my mind when you said model. Who else is dating a model? It's an athlete. Oh, no. It wasn't a model. But what about, I just had this one in my mind. Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively? Oh, yeah, definitely. But she's too, Blake Lively's too smart and cool. Too plain. Really. She's not. Yeah. Oh, too plain? It's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Actually... And Rob McElhenney and uh, and Caitlin Olson would be good too. Uh, all right, that I'm just now I'm just going on on tangents here. My second pick, 
Hear me out on this one. This would just be most entertaining. Andrew Tate and Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Let's just pit bitter rivals against each other and see what happens. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> That's my thought. I, you know, it would work. Okay. We'd have to change that. I have name. nothing to add. I'm enjoying okay. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is my final one. It is uh, Elijah Wood and Amanda Seyfried. And it's just to paralyze the audience with their freaky eyes. They both got those weird big bug eyes. I think they just That's paralyze people out there. Disgusting. You know I hate her. <laughs> I think you did that to piss me off. Girls, Elijah. she's on the list of women who look kind of weird, but do something for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she makes my pee-pee go, Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't even know what that's from. Uh, from a movie or something? Or like Daniel uh, Tosh, it maybe? Sounds, I was, yeah, it was either that or it sounds like almost like a Sasha Baron Cohen kind of line. Yeah, could be. Yeah. could be. I didn't think of it. Uh, all right, my last option. You're going to really like this one. I think they should just air reruns of Jeopardy instead. <laughs> That's a great idea. Thank you. Don't even replace After it. Jeopardy, play the previous day's episode of Jeopardy. I don't right. Know. Exactly. Just play them one after yeah. another. Okay. Um, okay, well, let us know who you'd like to host Wheel of Fortune. Fuck Ryan yeah. Seacrest. We can do better. Fuck Ryan Seacrest. We can do better. <laughs> it sounded like that could be a uh, pop punk song. Fuck yeah. Ryan Seacrest. We can do better. We can do better. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. We're going to have to record that sometime. Maybe that can be our new theme song. Ooh, uh, I would love a new theme. Okay. Last, uh, last segment before the stump tizzy. Today. What's one? today, Coin? Um, it is 7-Eleven. Like the like the convenience store, yeah. I just thought of that. That's oh, really wow. interesting. You know, I just had an idea just now. We should figure out other dates that the numbers relate to something, and then we can make a point about it. Oh fuck! I totally forgot to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you did? I thought we were doing it. Yeah, I, I swear. I'm sorry. I totally forgot. Well, I guess I'm gonna give you mine. That's great. Okay, so I did it. That's why I'll I try just to think of, of something off the off the top of my dome. You can also just you can also just do it next time or or whatever if you come up with them. Okay. Uh, here are mine. I got three options for you. Okay. First one, real simple. This one's just for me. This is a personal date. Ten twenty six, October twenty sixth. It's gonna be Skins Day, and it's in honor of the two Skins Redskins who brought me the most joy. That is. Robert Griffin III and Clinton Portis, 10 and 26. Oh, I love that. That's wonderful. October 26th, Skins Day. That's my first one. Second one, 12-1. You might know it as your boy's birthday, December 1st. I do. 12-1. However, in honor of my birthday, Subway increases their footlongs by one inch just for that day, 12-1. And we all get an extra inch of sandwich for my birthday. That 
It's something I can get behind. I would definitely See? go to Subway once a year for that. See? You get a 13-inch sandwich. You know, I just realized it would have to be 12 plus one. I guess I was thinking Yeah, that. I don't know why you did that. <laughs> Not 12-foot one. Yeah, that doesn't work at all. Uh-uh. 12 plus one. It can be 12 plus one. Yeah. We're going to roll. 12 plus one day. It's my birthday. Yeah. So. <clears throat> okay, lastly, this one's... You're going to have to stay with me here. Okay. I'd like to honor a forgotten NBA player with a crazy story, okay? A man by the name of Razul Butler. Have you heard of Razul Butler? I have. Okay. He was the 53rd pick by the Heat in the 2002 draft. He played for eight teams in 13 years. Some fun facts about him. Originally, his name was, this is not a joke, Felix Cheeseborough Jr. Wait, originally? <laughs> and then he went to Razul Butler? Mm-hmm. He was named at birth Felix Cheeseborough Jr. after his father, Felix Cheeseborough. This is not what? a joke. I'm not making this up. This is a real person. Look him up, oh Razul Butler. Um, he dated a woman named Leah LaBelle, who was an R&B singer who rose to fame on the third season of American Idol. Fun fact. In 2018, he died while drunk driving at 2 a.m., not that fun of a fact. Razul Butler. No. Killed in a car accident. But I want to remember him. He was a 3 and D guy. He was a great teammate. He was a leader in the locker room. He ended his career a, a top 175 all-time in three-pointers made. Oh. So I think we should have a day of remembrance for Razul Butler, a.k.a. Felix Cheesebro Jr. And that date should correlate to the number of all-time three-pointers he made. 911. Never forget <laughs> Razul Butler. <laughs> I knew this was coming Never back to 911 somehow. <laughs> My day, baby. So, so nothing else now that day. On, we gotta, we gotta commemorate. 911 should be Felix Cheeseboro Jr. Day. That's my. That's, that's beautiful. Good. I really okay. like how you brought a full circle. I promise. Yeah. I promise for next pod, I will have three of these of my own. I, Paul, okay. I thought when we scrapped all date days, I, th I think I had lumped the 7-Eleven day into anniversaries day. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But I think that conversation happened later. You, you definitely were said that we were doing this. If you go yeah, back to right. the text, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. It's okay. okay. It's all good. Okay. Coin. Uh, what time is it now? It is 10.33. I think it might be 10, 30, That's right, everybody. It is time for everybody's favorite show, Stumptown, the show mm -hmm. where on alternating pods, not weeks anymore because we've gone to about every four to five weeks now since we're out of the NFL season and we'll be back in the flow in just a few months. But then on the other weeks, I would try to stump Noel and it's <laughs> just a whole mishmash of stumping each other. That's right. And this week we're back, and it's my turn as coin to stump Noel. That's right. Noel. Yes, coin. How about them Denver Nuggets? Mmm. How about that Denver D? We made a lovely little cash, as we referenced earlier, on the Nuggets win in four or five games as Nikola Jokic Sambal shuffled his way over the heat. Jimmy Butler ran out of gas, and everybody was fine with Bam doing a weird little floater, and Max Struess couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Mm. Jokic finished the finals averaging 30.2 points per game, 14 rebounds per game, and 7.2 assists per game. 
all while shooting 58% from two, 42% from three, and 84% from the line. Pretty fucking good. Mm, yes. The most Indian. shocking stat was that <clears throat> Jamal Murray ended up being the one to lead the team with the best passer in the league and two-time MVP in assists. Yeah. Jokic taking home the finals MVP was a certainty given his stat line, especially in this point forward turn point center era, but he is still listed as a center. And this was the first time in 21 years that a true center took home the MVP award and only the 11th time in NBA history that it has happened. The other 10 are split between six players. I would like you to get eight of the instances of centers winning. Nine would be pretty impressive but very gettable. I'll give you a asterisk right now. Tim Duncan is a forward center, not a true yeah. center. Generally, a center started alongside him the entire time. His three don't count. Same with Wes Unseld and Willis Reed. Uh, okay, tell me how many there have been. Six other centers have one finals MVP and ten instances. Is, uh, is it a hint, or are you allowed to tell me have they always had a finals MVP? Like, how uh, far going back? back does... This is going back to 1965. Okay. So they, they've had finals MVPs since then. I didn't know if that was something they yeah. instituted in the 70s or something like that. No. Okay. Uh, and how many instances? There's 10? 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about Shaquille O'Neal... That is a good guess, Noel. Three times in 2000, 2001, and 2002. You don't need to tell me when. Okay. So is that three out of my nine? Yes, that counts as three of your nine guesses. Wow. It it seems like it'll be easy, but I know that it won't. Um, I'll guess it. I think he... I don't know if he's a center official. Is Hakeem a center? Hakeem is a center. The Dream won two in 94 and 95. So you're up sweet, to five. Sweet, sweet, sweet. How about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? That is correct. Kareem won two. I wasn't even going to pull a sneaky on you. Technically, he won in 1971 as Lou Alcindor. But he won <laughs> in 1971 and 1985. Up to seven. So obviously... This was, they had to have implemented it after Bill Russell, because unless there was like the last couple that he won. I guess that's worth a guess. How about Bill Russell? Bill Russell is not on the list. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to assume then I'll save Will. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe it started in like 1970 or something like that. Yeah, okay. I don't know. All right. No, you're good. Okay, so I only need to get like one or two more, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, how many years had it been? 21 years. So, so Shaq so was Shaq. the last center to win before. Wow, before, okay. Uh, yeah. So it was before Shaq. Uh, none of the Bulls. None of the... I don't think any of the Celtics, Lakers. I mean, I guess... I'm just going to guess it, even though I know it's probably... He was too early also, but how about Wilt? That is correct, Noel, ah. for your eighth instance. Wilt Chamberlain won in 1972. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. So you got it. Nine is Oh, impressive. I won? You oh, won. I, can give, I can try to get one more guess? Yep. You want, you want the years? 
Uh, hold on. Uh, yeah, sure. How about the years? 1977 and 1983. Bill Walton. That is correct. For the 1977 Portland Trailblazers, Bill Walton won finals MVP. And then the last one is a guy who Bill actually talks about pretty often. Really loves him. Super cool name. Mm, I don't know. Biblical even. Moses Malone. That is a great guess, Noel. Moses Malone is the only other center in 1983 to win for the Philadelphia 76ers. You have not been stumped. You are unstumpable. That's a good list. Those are some good players. I, I dare I say, all those players in Gund. I would, I would also agree that the players in Gund. That's, uh, puts, I guess Jokic might also be Gund. I guess we have to admit that now. It's, it's, I was not sure, but I think I might have to say he is in fact in Gund. We'll submit the video of the Stumptown to the in Gund. Um, Jerry, what, guys, uh, we have just board, proved the board. Yeah, we've just proved that Jokic ingooned by these. <laughs> it's basically like when Goodwill Hunting when he does the proof. That's the exact same thing we just did. Yeah, on, on the whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, it's been another sode of the rookie show. Felt good. How did how did it feel for you, Cohen? Was it good for you? It felt good to be back. I feel like I had some thoughts to get off. So yeah, it was nice. apparently none about Seven to... Eleven Day because I'm stupid, but. That's okay. That's all right. We, we'll get back in the groove. Um, you can follow us. I don't know how active we are on social these days. Uh, mm-hmm. Rookie Show Pod, Twitter and Graham. Can they follow you these days, Coin? You can follow me at KingCoin on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find me liking a lot of uh, shirts that go hard pictures, mostly. I am wearing a shirt that goes hard that Elvis bought for me that says, I'm a slut for Crad Rangoon, period. <laughs> In Comic Sans. <laughs> Katie said, well, I put it on, she's like, that shirt fits weird. I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised. <clears throat> Mine fit weird, the, too. What was the jersey tee that I uh, got you that oh, fit really is, weird? Uh, my Sixers Matisse one. Oh, yeah. Ty, well, yeah. Um, you can't one. really follow me. I'm kind of on and off Twitter and Graham, but you can try. Uh, you can follow me at DeCreamFillin on Twitter, C. Travis Noel on Instagram. The C, of course, stands for Cheeseboro Jr. You mean um, Doc Ray Mifflin? Did you see I changed my team name to Doc Ray Mifflin? Yeah, I did. Immediately really after good. you sent me that? Yeah. <laughs> She's uh, like, who's Doc Ray Mifflin? And I was like, what? It's a good name. What like do you it. mean by that? I thought she was talking about the... Uh, <laughs> the dude from Stranger Things, like season two, her like the little redheaded girl's brother, his name his name's like Dacre Montgomery or something like that. It looks mm. like Doc Ray. Mm. Yeah. I didn't know that. It reminds yeah. me of School of Rock when he says they've got stick it to on Neosis. It's kind of the same <laughs> yeah, same very vibe similar. there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's gonna do it for an episode of the rookie show. Who's playing us out this week? Ooh, um, Nikki C and T Swift next week. Should she play us out? Is she really? Taylor's gonna yeah. I mean, Taylor. I almost called Katie Taylor. Katie's gonna be very jealous. Where's she in Portland? Moda? Seattle. Oh, in Seattle. Wow. Yeah. How'd she get tickies? Uh, they bought like I don't know, fourteen 
like a year ago. Alina wanted to do it, and then it turns out Alina's actually having a baby next week, so she can't even go. If uh, Katie had known about it, she definitely would have probably flown to go. Really? She, she's a big Swifty. But I mean, um, you already were going to be in Seattle. She could have just stayed for a week. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. Wait, when is, what day is it? It's next Saturday. Okay. The 22nd or whatever. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I even, I don't know how they did that, how they bought a 14. Cause like literally they came out on sale and they like got sold out. So I, I'm still, well, that's, still you had to like get into like the whatever pool or whatever. And Nikki yeah. and one other person got into the pools. So okay. she bought six tickets or whatever. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. If I actually tried, I was down in Nashville when they were like opening them up and I tried to get in, couldn't do it. So, okay. Anywho, play us out. T Swizzy. Play us out, Swift. Love you, my guy. Okay. See you. You're talking shit for the hell of it. Addicted to betrayal, but you're relevant. You're terrified to look down. Cause if you dare, you see the glare of everyone you burn just to get there. It's coming back around. And I my side of the street clean you My pennies made your crown Trick me once, trick me twice Don't you know the cash ain't the only price It's coming back around And I keep my side of the street clean You On your scent like a bounty hunter Karma's gonna track you down Step by step from town to town Sweet like justice, karma is a queen Karma takes all my friends to the summit Karma is the guy on the screen Coming straight home to me